Fans remember Nations, uh, the new location up in Sacramento in the Natomas area. Boy, the strawberry season is in full swing, and those strawberry pies are the best. And, of course, uh, we had Grant Power, the CEO and president of Nations, on a couple of weeks ago, and we'll hear from him again tonight, uh, letting everyone know uh, what Nations is up to, what they're doing. Check your local Nations, because things are easing up a little bit. But they follow every protocol, whether it's for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or the great pies, everything you can enjoy, you can get at Nations right here all over the Bay Area. Joining us now from The Athletic, and I told Raph, I said, I just enjoy having Melissa Lockhart-Arn on the show because we always get so much information. She covers uh, the A's, the Giants, uh, the minor leagues, and everything in between for The Athletic uh, here in the Bay Area, and we have her today. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Well, we're doing fine, hanging in there. Uh, are you getting along okay with uh, with this bumpy ride of is there baseball, will there be baseball, uh, and everything else? How are you doing with it? Yeah, you know, we're stretching our uh, creativity quite a bit to come up with regular things to write about, but we've gotten a chance to explore some angles that maybe during a busy season we wouldn't have been able to. So trying to make the best of it that we can, but it was sure fun this week to actually be writing about news and, uh, you know, real baseball stuff as opposed to sort of theoretical. So um, the draft was definitely a nice change. I think so, and I I think uh, when I opened the show tonight, I I said – the joy of baseball, of seeing the kids uh, who got drafted uh, have that little league look to them of, of boy, they're going to be in the major leagues or part of a major league organization. And the, the, the hard work of the mother, father, the uh, significant people in their lives, uh, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, everybody else. And the, the, the joy of baseball came back to me this week uh, during the draft. Did you feel that as well? Oh, yeah. You know, and there's just so much possibility, not just for, um, you know, what these kids can accomplish with their teams, but, you know, how uh, organizations can fit them in. And, you know, it's uh, like Christmas. They always describe it in front offices. It's it's Christmas Day for every baseball front office. And I think I'm sure for them was a really welcome change from their day to day as well. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the draft. Uh, Did you do a mock draft beforehand or did you uh, just kind of speculate? You know, I had done a mock draft where I was drafting for the A's. It was a a mock draft that I did with a bunch of industry evaluators um, from a bunch of different publications. It was a really fun thing, and uh, Roger Munter did the the Giants um, on his side, and so uh, it was great. We we, uh, had a chance to do all the way through the second round um, on that one. Now, my question is this, and I, I had Keith Law on, one of your colleagues, last week and a couple of weeks before that, and I read most of the stuff that's out there, and I watched um, MLB Network and ESPN. Nobody, nobody, not even his parents, had Patrick Bailey going to the Giants at, at number 13, the catcher, or Tyler Soderstrom going to the A's. What number was it, 26? I forgot what number. Mm-hmm. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, when they finally got him. I mean, uh, you know, throw the mock draft out the window. How about those first two picks here in the Bay Area? Yeah, well, I mean, I think for sure from the A's perspective, it's very difficult to know who you're going to get at the back end of a first round like that. You know, things tend to kind of start to change midway through the the, the round, but I don't think they felt like there was any chance they were going to get a, an opportunity to take Tyler Soderstrom. So it was a, a player they were obviously very familiar with, but I don't think they had necessarily mocked 
him to themselves, you know, leading into it. So they were thrilled to see him fall to them. Uh, you know, I think Patrick Bailey is, is a player that was projected to go around that point. It wasn't necessarily that he was going to go to the Giants, but certainly I don't think um, teams in the back half of the first round were going to expect to see him fall down to them. So uh, it was certainly not a surprise to see him go as early as he went, but definitely the, the location was a surprise. All right. So give me your impression of Patrick Bailey. Um, and it was fun reading uh, Andy Baggerly, I think, posted a, an article about Patrick that was written a number of months ago, uh, giving a, a lot of his background as a five-year-old, and this kid was destined to be a catcher his whole life. What's your take on Patrick Bailey hitting-wise? Uh, give me a little scouting report on him. Yeah, you know, I think he's he got a chance to be a, a real plus hitter in the big leagues. And I think, um, obviously, if he stays a catcher, to be a plus hitter at the big leagues is a really, really big deal. Uh, big power, controls the strike zone really well, advanced approach is shown an ability to hit advanced level pitching you know, both um, in collegiately and in summer ball situations so um, I think he's a guy that enters you know minor league baseball with um, a real uh, kind of sense of what he's doing there a real plan and, and is a guy that could potentially move fairly quickly through the system um, from an offensive perspective you know catchers don't necessarily move as quickly defensively but he's a, he's a pretty polished backstop um, is smart, athletic, um, has a strong arm. So, um, you know, he's a guy that you, you could see move for catcher fairly quickly. Yeah, it seems to me, I mean, they let him call his own game in North Carolina State. Uh, he studied the playbook. He studies everything. It was really an interesting article. I forget who did it, but it is uh, in The Athletic. Um, oh, but James Fagan, yeah. Wasn't that good? I mean, it really gave yeah. you a background. Yeah, he's a great writer. Thing. Yeah, really a good background of of uh, Bailey, and so we'll see where it goes. As uh, you know, as uh, Alex Pavlovich uh, will tell us uh, when we chat with him, uh, you know, Andrew Susak, Aramis Garcia, Tommy Joseph, those are catchers the Giants had in the second round, and they've all been injured, so you never know what's going to happen. So that's the first pick. The second pick. Uh, let's stick with the Giants just for a minute here. Uh, from San Diego State, Casey Schmidt, uh, a third baseman pitcher who happened to hit a couple of home runs and save the game in the Cape Cod League Championship. How about that? Yeah, no, he's a really good pick, and I I think he was one of my favorite picks just in the whole draft altogether. I mean, kind of reminds me of when Matt Chapman was taken um, in the back end of that 2014 first round um, when the A's took him. Uh, Chapman hadn't actually pitched in games, but had uh, kind of experimented a little bit as a back-end reliever for Team USA. Um, But that same sort of power profile from third base, Good defender, excellent athlete, um, big-time power. And, uh, you know, as much as the, the kind of two-way player thing is intriguing, I think he'll stay at third base and um, really give them a chance to have somebody who's a profile hitter at third with a uh, plus glove. So I, I really like that selection a lot. What do you think of the kid from De La Salle, Harrison, uh, the left-handed pitcher? I saw some video of him. Uh, he drops down a little bit. Almost, uh, You could almost see Javi Lopez in about 15 years uh, when he loses that fastball. What do you think of Kyle Harrison? Yeah, you know, he's a guy. I got a chance to interview um, the Dallas Hell head coach, uh, David Jeans, um, leading into the draft and, and got to learn a lot about Kyle. And, um, you know, Kyle's a guy who uh, didn't necessarily do all the showcase stuff um, leading into his 
uh, junior year of high school, and so wasn't necessarily as well known as some of the other top prospects in the state. And then um, the summer before his senior year, went and did all the showcase um, circuit, did Team USA, and really starred. And he's a player who I think if the pandemic had not shut down the senior season, probably would have found himself in the back end of the first round or maybe second round consideration because his stock was just rising and rising. Mm-hmm. Really smart, knows how to you know move his pitches around, has some projection left as a left-hander. Um, and you know he's somebody that I think uh, they're going to pay more than um, the third-round slot would indicate, and he's definitely more than a general third-round talent. So that's another really nice pick and seems like a really smart kid who uh, you know will adapt to pro ball well. Well, he's a prep, and uh, you know, not many high school kids pick because you don't know what they're going to do. You didn't get to see a senior season for them, but uh, they feel that he's got a big upside. Of, of the whole crowd, he seems to be the most exciting because uh, we don't know yet what a, his college career could have looked like. And people say uh, if he went to UCLA, he would be a monster by uh, by his junior year. So who knows? We'll see what happens there. All right, Melissa Lockhart with us. Uh, let's go back to the A's. And uh, Soderstrom is the first pick. And, God, we read so much about him from everybody because he was projected to go to the Giants. Right. Uh, which, uh, but, of course, he ends up with the A's. What about the rest of the A's draft? How did you feel about it? Yeah, you know, I thought it was uh, kind of a very typical age draft. And I mean that, you know, in a good way, they um, picked, a, you know, after Soderstrom, he's kind of the high upside, um, high ceiling, riskier pick in the in the high school selection there in the first round. Then they went back to more of their bread and butter of the um, kind of proven collegiate players who um, uh, have some projection left. I think all of them do but are you know more likely that you can see where they're going to fit in and how they're going to move quickly they they um you know added some pitchers to uh that are kind of fast movers and and i think that's something that'll help their system because they didn't have a lot of um pitchers in the a ball level that had performed particularly well in the last two years so those guys will be able to sort of move in to fill that void up um jeff chriswell their second round pick out of michigan you know really opened a lot of eyes last year during the college world series coming out of the bullpen but he's the guy that they think can start you know he throws really hard um has some delivery stuff that they're going to need to work on but um you know he's a guy that got potentially two plus pitches and a third pitch that could, that should be you know major league average so um you know he's a guy that can can end up kind of moving up into their system really quickly. And, um, you know, and then the, Michael um, Goldberg is the, the one position player they took on day two. And uh, he's a kind of a classic money ball pick in the sense that he walks more than he strikes out, hits high average, doesn't necessarily hit for power yet, but they feel like um, he has the speed to be a center fielder, sort of table setter type. And uh, he had some shoulder issues that uh, medically they think are going to be fine and that he'll be able to, to, to be out in, in center field there. So, uh, you know, they added two positions players and three pitchers and we'll see where it goes from there all right so on an excitement level and i trust your opinion uh one to ten ten being the most excited one eh, uh, if you had to rate the giants draft and, and the a's draft where would you put them give, give me a rating for giants and a's one through ten ten being the best you know, I think they were very similar drafts, and I think I'd put them both at a seven. You know, they both took uh, one kind of riskier pick. They both kind of hit their strengths with the rest of them. Um, not necessarily sexy picks, but ones that they know how to develop and that should perform pretty well in their systems. And, uh, I mean, it's a weird year. It's hard to ever think that you're going to judge a draft based on only five players. Um, but I think they both did what they set out to do, which is as much as you can ask for in such a crazy year. 
Do you think the Giants and A's will bring in a lot of minor leaguers? To actually, I, I think there is going to be a season, and no matter how many games uh, it eventually turns out to be, because they do want to get to a postseason, you think they, they we'll see some of these highly touted prospects actually play in major league games? And I don't know how they're going to do service time and all this other stuff, all the complicated stuff of options and all that. But do you think we're going to see some surprises uh, as this thing goes through the summer, if that's where it's going? Yeah, you know, I think it's funny because they're both in very different positions. I think the A's were actually already going to have their top prospects as a big part of their regular, uh, you know, starting lineup. And you're going to have Jesus Lazardo and A.J. Puck in your rotation. You were going to have Sean Murphy behind the plate. I think there's guys like Sky Bolt, Luis Barrera, and Seth Brown in the outfield that, you know, could have contributed uh, if there were injuries regardless. So, those guys are not going to change their roles in any kind of shortened season. I think it was going to be the same regardless. Uh, but with the Giants, though, you know, depending on whether they feel like there's a chance to kind of be a fluky competitor in a short season or if they just want to go with a rebuilding situation, they could really take this season to, to do a lot of things and try out guys like Elliot Ramos and, and Joey Bart at the big league level that maybe they wouldn't have necessarily brought them up as early as, as, as all that. But if they're not getting – triple a at bats you, you want to get them at bat somewhere and if they're not worried about necessarily trying to compete um you know there isn't really any reason not to try those guys out so um i, I think they'll have to see how the whole thing lays out i think they'll have to kind of think about strategically um you know what makes sense for those guys development they don't want to psych any kids out if they get up there and they're not ready but if they feel like they can handle it i think some of those more advanced level guys like those two um you know should should get a shot to do it some of the other guys though like marco luciano and stuff i mean they're so far away from being big league ready i don't think we would see them regardless yeah yeah i think it's more like spring training in a way that uh, mm-hmm. they will try to give it bats uh, if if you can work out the options and, you know, major league time and all the complicated stuff. Um, I think it's like spring training where you bring a kid over for a game or two and just see what they can do. I think the Giants would do that. I don't, I don't think they can just kiss off a whole season of Joey Bard and Ramos and people like that. So, yeah, yeah. We'll see. And, and, you know, I think that the one – Overlying factor is if they can pull together some sort of modified minor league season when you have an expanded Arizona League and an expanded Mm -hmm. Florida League where you have a full roster of prospects from each team, which they sort of talked about, you know, then you maybe don't do that because you can get them playing regularly in a league like that. But at this point, we have no idea if that's going to happen. No, we don't have any idea about anything because of (laughs) COVID-19. Seriously, because of the health issue. Yeah. All the plans can be uh, the best laid plans of mice and men. You know the story. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll see. The, the health, I'll say it, I've been saying this for three months. The health will be the big question on how this thing proceeds. That will Absolutely. Be, that will be the big issue. Melissa, always great to have you on. And I told Raf that uh, we look forward to having you on. We get so much good information, and we can read you in The Athletic, and I know you work very hard. So appreciate your taking the time, and we'll catch up with you soon. I'm sure some things will be hopping once we figure out uh, who's playing and where they're playing. So I appreciate Absolutely. you being on. All right, well, thank thanks. you so much. Anytime. All right, that is Melissa Lockhart. You can read her in The Athletic, KMBR 680. 104.5 on this Saturday, the sports leader.